So um, the title of my sermon today is Injustice in a Vineyard. Now, if there are any parents out here and you do family devotionals, which I, from my memory of many years ago, uh, were very, very good. This is certainly a, uh, a story which you'll want to be uh, including in your family devotionals. It's a bit like an episode of EastEnders. There's a huge amount of, uh, what would you say, con- controversy. There's a, ma- there's a lot of... Uh, comedy uh, there's some good exposure of people's character and um there's, there's some there's some action uh as 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 well but um so that's a good good thing if you are a parent this is certainly a story to try and you know do a little devotional with your kids it's a really really good one anyway before i start let's pray uh, lord god thank you for today uh, thank you for this opportunity to preach you are so so kind uh, really just be be with me today god teach teach uh, you know may i teach your words father not mine and may uh, may all of us uh, focus on you we love you in jesus name amen, amen. right so <clears throat> my first slide we're going to start by reading first kings chapter 24 verse 1 to 14 i'm going to read this going to read this story in two chunks so verse 1 <clears throat> sometime later There was an incident involving a vineyard belonging to Naboth the Jezreelite. The vineyard was in Jezreel, close to the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. Ahab said to Naboth, let me have your vineyard to use for a vegetable garden, since it is close to my palace. In exchange, I will give you a better vineyard, or if you prefer, I will pay you whatever it is worth. But Naboth replied, the Lord forbid that I should give you the inheritance of my fathers. So Ahab went home sullen and angry because Naboth the Jezreelite had said, I will not give you the inheritance of my fathers. He lay on his bed sulking and refused to eat. His wife Jezebel came in and asked him, why are you so sullen? Why won't you eat? He answered her, because I said to Naboth the Jezreelite, sell me your vineyard, or if you prefer, I will give you another vineyard in its place. But he said, I will not give you my vineyard. Jezebel, his wife said, is this how you act as king over Israel? Get up and eat. Cheer up. I'll get you the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. So she, she, she wrote letters in Ahab's name, placed his seal on them and sent them to the elders and nobles who lived in Naboth's city with him. In those letters, she wrote, proclaim a day of fasting and seat Naboth in a prominent place among the people. But seat two scoundrels opposite him and have them testify that he has cursed both God and king. Then take him out and stone him to death. So the elders and, and nobles who lived in Naboth's city did as Jezreel directed in the letter she had written to them. They proclaimed a fast and seated Naboth in a prominent place among the people. Then two scoundrels came and sat opposite him and brought charges against Naboth before the people, saying, Naboth has cursed both God and the king. So they took him outside the city and stoned him to death. Then they sent word to Jezebel, Naboth has been stoned and is dead. So in the first half of our story, we meet a very, uh, well, seemingly quite a godly man, Naboth, and a very ungodly man, Ahab. Now, Ahab is king of Israel. This is all happening about 3,000 years ago, maybe 2,000, 2,800 uh, years, years ago, all in Israel. And Ahab is the king of Israel, and he's notorious in the Bible. He gets quite a lot of uh, airtime uh, relative to the other kings because he is so ungodly. And... Um, he, uh, you know, he's, he's basically, he's, he's always worshipping someone other than God, uh, you know, or the real, the real God. He's all worshipping fake gods. And um, 
he gets in a situation here where he shows some of his ungodliness. And it all starts off for Ahab with him simply being a bit, probably a bit greedy. And he basically, he feels like that guy Naboth, he's got quite a nice vineyard. And uh, I want that. I want that vineyard because, you know, I want, I want something that's nice and close to home. I don't want to have to trek all the way across Jerusalem, that the, uh, would have been the, uh, uh, or, you know, the, the capital city. I don't want to have to trek all the way across to, uh, to go and, um, you know, go to one of my vineyards. So I want something nice and close. And he does something that seems very appropriate. He, he says probably, you know, he probably feels like, well, if I say to Naboth, I'll give you a, uh, a, a better vineyard in, in place for yours. Surely it makes sense for us to do this deal. And Naboth, being a very righteous, righteous man, says, uh, no. I actually have a, a spiritual com- conviction about my inheritance and my inheritance is from, is from, from God. And I'm not going to give it to you just because you want it. Now, <clears throat> Ahab is interesting here because we see quite a lot about his character. Because when Naboth has a, when, when a- uh, Ahab has a bad day, he certainly doesn't react to it in a very godly way. Now, all of us do have bad days. I had a bad day. I had a bad hour about a week, a week ago. I was driving home from work and I thought to myself, I'm going to stop off and buy a pizza at Tesco's uh, Express. So I drove into Tesco's Express, uh, went and bought a pizza and I came back out to my car and I tried to turn the ignition in my car and uh, my car would not start. So I thought, oh no, my ignition has, has gone. I'm going to need to call my mechanic. I'm going to need to call the, the AA, who are my, my breakdown uh, people. And uh, I'm going to need to get my car fixed. Um, and, and, and that was certainly not a good moment. And I was c- quite close to home. So I called the AA and, uh, you know, they said they told me a particular time they'd, they'd be there. They said it would be between 7.30 and 8, uh, 8.10. So I thought to myself, right, I'm quite close to home. I can, I can walk it. So I'm going to quickly, uh, quickly go home. And that will give me time to get back for half, uh, for, for half past seven. So I was, uh, I was just leaving the, uh, the, the, the car park. And suddenly I had my phone in my hand. And suddenly I dropped my phone. Sometimes when you, normally when you drop your phone, it's a normal sort of clunk. And you know that, yeah, it's hit one of the corners. But then this time there was an almighty crack and it turned out I'd cracked my screensaver. Never a good moment for anybody, but it is a pretty common moment with the phones that uh, we all have. So I'd broken my phone. My car had broken down. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll walk home. So I walked home. And uh, as I was just starting to walk, walk back, thinking, well, I'll be back there at uh, half past, half past uh, seven. I got a call from the AA man saying, I'm almost here. And I thought to myself, well, I'm more than half a mile away. This means I'm going to have to start running to, to, to come and actually get there on time. Now, I was wearing my, my red leather jacket, which I've got here. I'm going to dress up for you all to show how idiotic I looked running. So some of you might think my red leather jacket looks idiotic anyway at the best of times. But um, I was having, so I'm a very poor poor uh, runner I, I haven't run uh, more than so I'm about, I was about half a mile from 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 uh, from so from from my car 
to home. So I had to run half a mile. And I haven't run half a mile since about year nine. So probably about, or probably more than 10 years ago. Um, so I was running across the green, which is outside my, my house, which is like a big sort of field. I was running and I was really sweating. And uh, there was, I ran past some teenagers and they, like, they, they, they felt like they, they, uh, they, uh, they jeered at me. So I was, the day was getting worse and I was running and I was running, I was sweating. And I got to the AA man and I was like, oh, I'm here, I'm here. And, uh, and again, I had the red, 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 red jacket on, sweating, looking like a, looking like a real um idiot and uh you know i was i was i was late for the aa man and i said to him wow you're early trying to you know sort of be uh you know encouraging and he said no it says very it says on the uh, if you read the uh, the app it says we might be here before the uh the the, the the guidance time and uh sure enough that was true so basically i i looked like an idiot my car had supposedly broken down uh, I had um, been laughed at by teenagers and um, I'd made the AA man very uh, unhappy. And um, to top it all, I, the AA man said to me, can you give me your keys so I can try and fix your ignition? And uh, he just, he took, he took the keys, he opened the, uh, the door and started the car. And, and I was like, what, has, uh, what, was the, what was the problem? And he said, oh, the, the, the steering lock was, was on. And I thought to myself, that doesn't sound good. And he said, yeah, you just needed to turn the, uh, the, 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 uh, the, I just needed to turn the steering wheel. So now I look like even more of an idiot. So now I was a sweaty man in a red jacket who was late for the AA man who couldn't even work his own car. And uh, yeah, the AA man, and I just was like, I said, thank you. And uh, you know, I, he, he, the AA man left and I was there Th thinking that was a bad hour in my week last week so we all have bad a bad bad uh, bad days and ahab here is having a bad day now the thing is that when you have a bad day the important thing is to respond in a godly way now ahab's character gets exposed here now our characters are a bit like Fruit and vegetables. Now, one of the few vegetables that I like are carrots. Carrots, I always find are quite refreshing after you've had something quite, quite, uh, quite salty. And um, if you, our characters are quite like, um, in in a sense, not 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 in every way, but in a sense, a bit like carrots. Because if you leave our, if if you leave carrots for a long time, they uh, they become a bit like this. They go all mouldy. And that's the same with our characters. Our characters all have issues in, in them. And if we don't deal with our issues, our issues will deal with us. And our character can end up rotting. And that's exactly what happens to Ahab. We get a situation where he goes up and uh, because of so Ahab's his clear character problem is just the fact that he, he wants to get his own way. And if he doesn't get his own way, life is no good and it's not worth living. So Ahab goes up and he, he goes up and in, verse, in verse, uh, verse four, he goes up and sulks on his bed. He refuses to eat. And then in true EastEnders style, his wife comes in and says, what's wrong with you? Why are you sulking? And, and he says, oh, gosh, I've, you know, I tried to get this vineyard and I haven't been able to. I can't get my own way. My character's 
my character's uh, killing me. And uh, she says in, in, uh, in true, uh, you know, even more sort of theatrical style, get up, we'll go and I'll go and organize to kill this Naboth in, uh, yeah, very uh, melo melodramatic style. So, you know, and uh, she, she sorts out a way for Naboth to get killed. And the interesting thing is that because Ahab didn't deal with his character, a, a small issue of not being able to get his own, own way and becoming and sulking, it turns into a really serious thing where he actually ends up killing someone because he doesn't get what he wants. If we don't deal with our characters, our characters will deal with us. So a question for us to think about, which I'd want you to think about this week today, is what is rotting in your character? Is there something in your life which is uh, a particular characteristic that is causing problems in your family, causing problems maybe at work. Sometimes it's anger. Sometimes it's a lack of forgiveness. Sometimes it's uh, greed. Uh, I know for me, um, one of my something that I, I know is aware I'm aware of in my character is that in some areas, not 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 every area, I can be a little bit of a conflict avoider. Now I know my sister, I think, is listening on this call. She will say, that is not true. He's not a conflict avoider. He loves conflict. Now, uh, I let, and, and okay, that's, that's in, in a sense, that, that's true. But in some, in some times, I find conflict difficult. Now, for example, for me as a dentist, I don't know all my, you know, when, when, I, see, uh, when I see my patients, I don't know all of them very well. And uh, I find conflict is easy when I know, some, when I know somebody, but I don't find conflict uh, easy always when there's someone I don't know. So for example, if someone comes into my, uh, my dental surgery, and many of you know, I'm a, I'm a dentist and they tell me, well, I want this, I want this treatment done. And actually that treatment for them is not the best, best thing. It can be hard to, 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 to try and tell them in a very sort of patient and, uh, uh un understanding and non-inflammatory way, actually, that is not probably the best thing for your tooth. But the important thing is, is that as a dentist, I need to get across what's best for them. Otherwise, down the line, we're going to get problems. We're going to get issues down the line if I don't deal, if I don't deal with uh, a conflict uh, appropriately in the dental surgery. And if I'm not uh, bold and ready to sort of say what potentially this person doesn't want to hear, then there's going to be problems. I have to deal with that side of my character because otherwise things will get worse people you know you, if, if you don't deal with underlying issues people get unhappy and you get disputes and that's certainly not a good thing anyway what is rotting in our characters it's an important question for us let's read on verse 15 as soon as Jezebel heard that Naboth had been stoned to death she said to Ahab Get up and take possession of the vineyard of, of Naboth, the Jezreelite, that he refused to sell you. He is no longer alive, but dead. When Ahab heard that Naboth was dead, he got up and went, went down to take possession of Naboth's vineyard. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite. Go, go down to meet Ahab, king of Israel, who rules in Samaria. He is now in Naboth's vineyard, where he has gone to take possession of it. Say to him, this is what the Lord says. Have you not murdered a man and seized his property? Then say to him, this is what the Lord says. 
In the place where dogs licked up Naboth's blood, dogs will lick up your blood. Yes, yours. Ahab said to Elijah, so you have found me, my enemy. I have found you, he answered, because you have sold yourself to do evil in the eyes of the Lord. I'm going to bring disaster on you. I will consume your descendants and cut off from Ahab every last male in Israel, slave or free. I will make your house like that of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, and, son, and that of ba Barsha, king of Ahijah, because you have provoked me to anger and have caused Israel to sin. And also concerning Jezebel, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord says, dogs will devour Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. Dogs will eat those belonging to Ahab who die in the city, and the birds of the air will feed on those who die in the country. There was never a man like Ahab who sold himself to do evil in the eyes of the Lord, urged on by Jezebel, his wife. He behaved in the vilest manner by going after idols, like the Amorites the Lord drove out before Israel. When Ahab heard these words, he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth and fasted. He lay in sackcloth and went around meekly. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah the Tishbite. Have you noticed how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because he has humbled him, because he has humbled himself, I will not bring this disaster in his day, but I will bring it on his house in the days of his son. So, if you were watching this in real time and you were reading this, I think you might feel a bit bemused. I think you also might feel a bit sad. You've just seen this innocent, innocent man, uh, Naboth, be killed by this ungodly, unrighteous, supposed. Uh, king of Israel, uh, Ahab. And, uh, you know, he has clearly not acted in a very uh, responsible way that a king should act. He's actu actually acted in a, in a very, uh, you know, irresponsible way. And uh, this man Naboth is dead. And in verse 16, we read that uh, Ahab actually takes possession of Naboth's vineyard. And I think if you were, if you were watching this real time, you'd probably feel a lot of injustice. Mm. Now, Naboth has been killed in a very unjust way. Ahab has got this vineyard. God has actually come to Ahab and he said, you've done wrong. I'm going to, I'm going to punish you. And then Ahab does this it's seemingly pretty pathetic uh, excuse for repentance in verse 27 he puts some sackcloth on and mopes around which he's really good at Ahab's an expert moper and God says Ahab's humbled himself you know what I'm actually going to give him a clean bill and I'm going to say you know what I'm not going to punish you in your lifetime and I think a lot of us would feel like that is not fair now injustice is interesting because life, in many senses, is not fair. You only have to look at the, the news at the, at the moment and you see a lot of injustice all around the world. You see injustice, racial injustice. You see injustice in terms of, you know, some people have billions of pounds. Other people in countries like Yemen are starving. There's injustice. And we can ask ourselves, why is there so much injustice? Maybe there's injustice for you in your life. Sometimes we can feel like, where is God? Shouldn't he be acting? And sometimes we can feel like he is not acting. 
Now, I just want just a little bit of interaction here. Uh, just if you, if anybody has, I mean, I know we all feel in, in, in justice in different, different ways. Maybe we identify with something uh, particular um, in, the, in the news at the, at the moment. Or maybe simply, you know, like me and Alice would have had many squabbles in our days as as uh, as, uh, as as children. We still have the odd the odd the odd squabble where Alice would, my sister, would so unfairly get something that I I would deserve. Uh, just share, if if you wouldn't mind, I'll give you two two minutes just to write down something uh, in the in the in the chat box just on the Zoom um, that shows that some that's that you identify when it comes to. Uh, injustice. So when have you have felt something that wasn't fair? Just write that down in the in the chat box. I'll give you a couple of minutes. Oh, we've got our first, our first person. Alex says, my brother being able to play video games younger than I was because I was the older brother. Oh, wow. Gosh, that's, that, that doesn't sound, that doesn't sound good for any, for any young boy playing video games is so, such a, such a blessing, such a, a freedom from the pains of school and to have your younger brother be able to play them before, before you. That's not, yes. I, I, I see you, Alex. Dom. People are dealt a better hand in life and I have to work twice as hard to get anywhere near to what they have been given. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, work. Yeah, differently. Um, people have different kind of supposedly different starts in life. Yes. Rudy says when, when evil people seem to be blessed. Yes, it's interesting. Sometimes evil people don't seem to get the, uh, you know, the, what they deserve. And sometimes it actually seems like they get what, what you feel like you, you deserve. Uh, okay, Michael Compton, being judged for cheating when I haven't and getting a worse grade due to it. Yes, that is not a nice feeling. I think we've probably all experienced that in some sense, back, maybe if it was just back in the day at, uh, at school. But um, yeah, obviously that happens probably, you know, still in, in, a, in a bigger, bigger, bigger way in life. Maybe if you're applying for a, a job and you, you know, you aren't, uh, you know, you aren't given a fair, a fair grade. Yeah, that makes sense. Marius and, and Adina, uh, people desiring to have a child and can't, well, and others, well, others abandon them. Yes, that seems very unfair. Yes, some people can have children easily and some, some can't. That seems very unfair. Michael says, someone accused me of taking stuff when I was a teenager in boarding school, when I was, in fact, yes, innocent. Yes, if you're accused of something which is not, which is not right and not true, that's very difficult. Okay. Brilliant. Well, thank you, everybody. There's some really, really good, good, uh, good points. Right. Let's go back to talk a little bit about Ahab and injustice. Right. So we all have felt things that are not fair. Now, Marlon, a few weeks ago, uh, he did a sermon for us all about King David. Now, King David understood the feeling of injustice very well. Now, King David was meant to become king 
a lot sooner than he actually did. He was anointed um, quite early in uh, so in the book of first in the book of first Samuel and uh, in about first Samuel chapter sixteen. He gets told he's going to become king, but he gets chased around by the old king, King Saul, who's a bit more like King Ahab than he is like Jesus. And um, King Saul chases David around the countryside. King David actually does a huge amount of good for King Saul. He's a, uh, a major player in King Saul's army. And um, all David really gets from that is jealousy from the, uh, the, the current king, who is Saul. This, this Saul refuses to give up his own, uh, his own kingship, even though he's told by God, you are a bad king. And, uh, you know, you are not going to be king for much, much longer. King Saul really doesn't doesn't listen to, to God. And he actually ends up treating uh, David, who God really uh, has a lot of, you know, who, who David lives a really godly, godly life. But Saul doesn't have much time for David at all. Saul tries to kill uh, David. And uh, <clears throat> there are times where David is treated very unjustly. You know, sometimes for us, when we're unjustly treated, the thing is, is that sometimes justice doesn't come in our time. Justice doesn't come when we want it. King David didn't get justice when he maybe would have felt like he might have deserved it. And uh, there's a very interesting psalm that I think helps that helps us see uh, how King David is feeling. It's in Psalm chapter 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 10. And I'm just going to read it for us. Psalm 10, verse 1. Why, O Lord, do you stand far off? Have we ever felt like that? Have we ever felt like God stands up in heaven, but he's a long way away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? In his arrogance, the wicked man hunts down the weak who are caught in the schemes he devises. He boasts of the cravings of his heart. He blesses the greedy and reviles the Lord. In his pride, the wicked does not, um, does not seek him. I've just realised my screen is not being shared. Sorry. One moment. Let me just share it. Um, here we go. Um, there you go. Right. Good. Um, <clears throat> where was I? Uh, verse four. In his pride, the wicked does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. His ways are always prosperous. He is haughty, and all your laws are far from him. He sneers at all his enemies. He says to himself, Nothing will shake me. I'll always be happy and never have trouble. Verse seven. His mouth is full of curses and lies and threats. Trouble and evil are under his tongue. He lies in wait near the villages. From ambush, he murders the innocent, watching in secret for his victims. He lies in wait like a lion in cover. He lies in wait to catch the helpless. He catches the helpless and drags them off in his net. His victims are crushed. They collapse. They fall under his strength. He says to himself, God has forgotten and covers his face and never sees. Verse 12. Arise, Lord, lift up your hand, O God. 
Do not forget the helpless. Why does the wicked man revile God? Why does he say to himself, he won't call me to account, but you, O God, do see trouble and grief. You consider it to take it in hand. The victim commits himself to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked and evil man. Call him to account for his wickedness that would not would not be found out. Verse 16. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations will perish from his land. You hear, O Lord, the desire of the afflicted. You encourage them and you listen to their cry, defending the fatherless and the oppressed, in order that man who is of the earth may terrify no more. It's amazing how David goes from verse one saying, why, O Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? To in verse 14, he says, but you, O God, do see trouble and grief. You consider it to take take it in hand. And in verse 17, you hear, O Lord, the desire of the afflicted. You encourage them and you listen to their cry. You know, David had many had many times where he could have been tempted to look at God and say, God doesn't care. God doesn't see me. God doesn't see my plight. God doesn't see what God does not see what is unfair. David had many opportunities to do that. But David didn't live his life that way. You know, David didn't take matters into his own hands. You know, so much so much of the time our lives show what we really believe our lives show what's really in our hearts our lives show how we really react to things like injustice how we live shows what what we really are you know david got two chances to kill saul in uh, in the in the book of first samuel david gets a chance to kill Saul once in a cave and his men are actually encouraging him to to kill to kill Saul they're saying to him this is this is God this is God giving you Saul into your hands this is your chance God wants you to kill Saul and David says no it's in God's time not in my time I will not take I will not take matters into my own hands and he gets another chance uh, a little bit later he goes into Saul's camp and Saul's asleep and his, his guards are also uh, asleep. And again, some of his, one of his men says to him, why don't you just kill Saul now? This is your, your chance. And David says again, no, I will not lay a hand on him. It's in God's time, not in my time. You know, and it's the reason why David, we'll never know exactly what was going through David's head, but probably because of his conviction, again, in this, in this Psalm, we read in verse 17, the fact that he, David probably would have believed, Lord, you hear the desire of the afflicted. David would have felt God heard him. You encourage them and you listen to their cry, defending the fatherless and the oppressed so that mere earthly mortals like Saul will never again strike terror. You know, David doesn't take matters into his own hands. David was someone who, like, uh, like Naboth, was treated unfairly. Like Naboth, didn't get his comeuppance, you know, or didn't get his, what he deserved at the time. David's, uh, David got his, his reward down the line when he became king. He became king at 
in a, in a, at a delayed time. Naboth likely wouldn't have got justice until after, after, you know, after the, the grave in the second life, in the next life. Ahab wouldn't have got his comeuppance until we see he gets it later on. And the same with Saul. So Saul gets his comeuppance later. And the important thing for us to remember is that for us to remember is that God always sees us even when we feel like no one sees us when we're, when we're in the midst of injustice. God always sees you. He always sees me. He always sees us even though there is injustice in our lives. I think for us, it's really important to go to the Bible when we have temptations to feel things like in to feel when to feel things are unjust you know and i think a practical a good practical which i'd encourage you to uh, to to put into into practice it would be to find a bible passage that shows you that god always sees your situation when you're feeling even when you're feeling unfairly treated it's important we can go to these places in the bible to find inspiration to live as david did even when we see hideous injustices just like we do with Ahab and Naboth. You know, the ultimate example of living a, a righteous way despite injustice was Jesus. We're going to take communion in a few minutes and we're going to think about Jesus. We're going to think about him who uh, gave his, his life for us. He allowed his, uh, his body to be uh, pierced the, the, the bread when we take communion symbolizes that and uh, he allowed his blood uh, which is symbolized by the wine or the fruit juice you know, that, 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 we, that we drink uh, his, his blood was shed Jesus was treated un, unjustly Jesus had never sinned crucifixion was a, a punishment and a, a, a torture and a death for those who were ungodly the sinners of the world like us like me and like you we deserved to go to the cross we deserve that for what we've done wrong. All those times we've said something to our family members, all those times we've thought those thoughts about those people, those times that we've taken those things that weren't ours, all those times that we've said we'd do things and we didn't do them. We deserve to go to the cross, but Jesus went to the cross instead. He went because he loved us and he was able to take injustice because there was something more important than just him and his justice it was something more important that we would be healed let's read first peter 2 23 25 this is talking about jesus when they hurled their insults at him he did not retaliate when he suffered he made no threats instead he entrusted himself to him who judges justly he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness by his wounds you have been healed for you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Now, Alice is going to hopefully be able to pray for us. I think she's she may be on the on the uh, on the road. I'm just going to check if she's on. Alice, are you on? Okay. Oh, you are. So, Alice, Alice is just going to pray for the the communion. <clears throat> Amen. Let's bow our heads. Um, dear Father God, thank you for. Um, just giving us uh, your word god and the example that we see of um just different people facing different situations which are so unfair god and uh, i just 
pray that you will help us to take those uh, injustices to you, God, and to take our character seriously, God, as we learn from Ahab just how important it is to um, really uh, confront ourselves, God, in some ways when we are um, at odds with your will. Um, thank you just God for Jesus and his example of, of how he coped with injustice and um, and thank you just for the fact that you know you went through all of that God for us God and you you took that injustice um, for us. Um, pray for the bread and the wine today God and that uh, we will remember just the amazing sacrifice that you made uh, in Jesus name. Amen.